Part one, section two of the Maine Woods by Henry David Thoreau. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Part one, Katahdin, section two. About noon we reached the Mattawamkeag, fifty-six miles from Bangor, by the way we had come, and put up at a frequented house still on the Holton Road, where the Holton stage stops here was a substantial covered bridge over the mattawamkeag built i think they said some seventeen years before we had dinner where by the way and even at breakfast as well as supper at the public houses on this road the front rank is composed by various kinds of sweet cakes in a continuous line from one end of the table to the other i think i may safely say that there was a row of ten or a dozen plates of this kind set before us two here to account for which they say that when the lumberers come out of the woods they have a craving for cakes and pies and such sweet things which there are almost unknown and this is the supply to satisfy that demand the supply is always equal to the demand and these hungry men think a good deal of getting their money's worth no doubt the balance of victuals is restored by the time they reach bangor matawamkeg takes off the raw edge well over this front rank i say you coming from the sweet cake side with a cheap philosophic indifference though it may be have to assault what there is behind which i do not by any means mean to insinuate is insufficient in quantity or quality to supply that other demand of men not from the woods but from the towns for venison and strong country fare after dinner we strolled down to the point formed by the junction of the two rivers which is said to be the scene of an ancient battle between the eastern indians and the mohawks and searched there carefully for relics though the men at the bar-room had never heard of such things but we found only some flakes of arrowhead stone some points of arrowheads one small leaden bullet and some coloured beads the last to be referred perhaps to early fur-trader days the matawamkeg though wide was a mere river's bed full of rocks and shallows at this time so that you could cross it almost dry shod in boots and i could hardly believe my companion when he told me that he had been fifty or sixty miles up it in a bateau through distant and still uncut forests a bateau could hardly find a harbour now at its mouth deer and caribou or reindeer are taken here in the winter in sight of the house before our companions arrived we rode on up the holton road seven miles to moluncus where the aroostook road comes into it and where there is a spacious public house in the woods called the moluncus house kept by one libby which looked as if it had its hall for dancing and for military drills there was no other evidence of man but this huge shingle palace in this part of the world but sometimes even this is filled with travellers i looked off the piazza round the corner of the house up the aroostook road on which there was no clearing in sight there was a man just adventuring upon it this evening in a rude original what you may call a rustic wagon a mere seat with a wagon swung under it a few bags on it and a dog asleep to watch them he offered to carry a message for us to anybody in that country cheerfully i suspect that if you should go to the end of the world you would find somebody there going farther as if just starting for home at sundown and having a last word before he drove off here too was a small trader whom i did not see at first who kept a store but no great store certainly 
in a small box over the way behind the molunkus signpost it looked like the balance box of a patent hay scales as for his house we could only conjecture where that was he may have been a boarder in the molunkus house i saw him standing in his shop door his shop was so small that if a traveller should make demonstration of entering in he would have to go out by the back way and confer with his customer through a window about his goods in the cellar or more probably bespoken and yet on the way i should have gone in for i felt a real impulse to trade if i had not stopped to consider what would become of him the day before we had walked into a shop over against an inn where we stopped the puny beginning of trade which would grow at last into a firm co-partnership in the future town or city indeed it was already somebody and co i forget who the woman came forward from the penetralia of the attached house for somebody and company was in the burning and she sold us percussion caps canales and smooth and knew their prices and qualities and which the hunters preferred here was a little of everything in a small compass to satisfy the wants and the ambition of the woods a stock selected with what pains and care and brought home in the wagon-box or a corner of the holton team but there seemed to me as usual a preponderance of children's toys dogs to bark and cats to mew and trumpets to blow where natives there hardly are yet as if a child born into the maine woods among the pine cones and cedar berries could not do without such a sugar man or skipping jack as the young rothschild has i think that there was not more than one house on the road to molunkus or for seven miles at that place we got over the fence into a new field planted with potatoes where the logs were still burning between the hills and pulling up the vines found good-sized potatoes nearly ripe growing like weeds and turnips mixed with them the mode of clearing and planting is to fell the trees and burn once what will burn then cut them up into suitable lengths roll into heaps and burn again then with a hoe plant potatoes where you can come at the ground between the stumps and charred logs for a first crop the ashes sufficing for manure and no hoeing being necessary the first year in the fall cut roll and burn again and so on till the land is cleared and soon it is ready for grain and to be laid down let those talk of poverty and hard times who will in the towns and cities cannot the emigrant who can pay his fare to new york or boston pay five dollars more to get here i paid three all told for my passage from boston to bangor two hundred and fifty miles and be as rich as he pleases where land virtually costs nothing and houses only the labour of building and he may begin life as adam did if he will still remember the distinction of poor and rich let him bespeak him a narrower house forthwith when we returned to the matawamkeg the holton stage had already put up there and a province man was betraying his greenness to the yankees by his questions why province money won't pass here at par when states money is good at fredericton though this perhaps was sensible enough from what i saw then it appears that the province man was now the only real jonathan or raw country bumpkin left so far behind by his enterprising neighbours that he didn't know enough to put a question to them no people can long continue provincial in character who have the propensity for politics and whittling and rapid travelling which the yankees have and who are leaving the mother country behind in the variety of their notions and inventions 
the possession and exercise of practical talent merely are a sure and rapid means of intellectual culture and independence the last edition of greenleaf's map of maine hung on the wall here and as we had no pocket map we resolved to trace a map of the lake country so dipping a wad of tow into the lamp we oiled a sheet of paper on the oiled tablecloth and in good faith traced what we afterwards ascertained to be a labyrinth of errors carefully following the outlines of the imaginary lakes which the map contains the map of the public lands of maine and massachusetts is the only one i have seen that at all deserves the name it was while we were engaged in this operation that our companions arrived they had seen the indians fire on the five islands and so we concluded that all was right early the next morning we had mounted our packs and prepared for a tramp up the west branch my companion having turned his horse out to pasture for a week or ten days thinking that a bite of fresh grass and a taste of running water would do him as much good as backwoods fare and new country influences his master leaping over a fence we began to follow an obscure trail up the northern bank of the penobscot there was now no road further the river being the only highway and but a half dozen log huts confined to its banks to be met with for thirty miles on either hand and beyond was a wholly uninhabited wilderness stretching to canada neither horse nor cow nor vehicle of any kind had ever passed over this ground the cattle and the few bulky articles which the loggers use being got up in the winter on the ice and down again before it breaks up the evergreen woods had a decidedly sweet and bracing fragrance the air was a sort of diet drink and we walked on buoyantly in indian file stretching our legs occasionally there was a small opening on the bank made for the purpose of log rolling where we got a sight of the river always a rocky and rippling stream the roar of the rapids the note of a whistler duck on the river of the jay and chickadee around us and of the pigeon woodpecker in the openings were the sounds that we heard this was what you might call a brand new country the only roads were of nature's making and the few houses were camps here then one could no longer accuse institutions and society but must front the true source of evil there are three classes of inhabitants who either frequent or inhabit the country which we had now entered first the loggers who for a part of the year the winter and spring are far the most numerous but in the summer except a few explorers for timber completely deserted second the few settlers i have named the only permanent inhabitants who live on the verge of it and help raise supplies for the former third the hunters mostly indian who range over it in their season at the end of three miles we came to the mattasayunk stream and mill where there was even a rude wooden railroad running down to the penobscot the last railroad we were to see we crossed one tract on the bank of the river of more than a hundred acres of heavy timber which had just been felled and burnt over and was still smoking our trail lay through the midst of it and was well-nigh blotted out the trees lay at full length four or five feet deep and crossing each other in all directions all black as charcoal but perfectly sound within still good for fuel or for timber soon they would be cut into lengths and burnt again here were thousands of cords enough to keep the poor of boston and new york amply warm for a winter which only cumbered the ground and were in the settler's way 
and the whole of that solid and interminable forest is doomed to be gradually devoured thus by fire like shavings and no man to be warmed by it at crocker's log hut at the mouth of salmon river seven miles from the point one of the party commenced distributing a store of small scent picture books among the children to teach them to read and also newspapers more or less recent among the parents than which nothing can be more acceptable to a backwoods people it was really an important item in our outfit and at times the only currency that would circulate i walked through salmon river with my shoes on it being low water but not without wetting my feet a few miles farther we came to marm howard's at the end of an extensive clearing where there were two or three log huts in sight at once one on the opposite side of the river and a few graves even surrounded by a wooden paling where already the rude forefathers of a hamlet lie and a thousand years hence perchance some poet will write his elegy in a country churchyard the village hamdens the mute inglorious miltons and cromwells guiltless of their country's blood were yet unborn perchance in this wild spot there will be laid some heart once pregnant with celestial fire hands that the rod of empire might have swayed or waked to ecstasy the living liar the next house was fisk's ten miles from the point at the mouth of the east branch opposite to the island nicketow or the forks the last of the indian islands i am particular to give the names of the settlers and the distances since every log hut in these woods is a public house and such information is of no little consequence to those who may have occasion to travel this way our course here crossed the penobscot and followed the southern bank one of the party who entered the house in search of someone to set us over reported a very neat dwelling with plenty of books and a new wife just imported from boston wholly new to the woods we found the east branch a large and rapid stream at its mouth and much deeper than it appeared having with some difficulty discovered the trail again we kept up the south side of the west branch or main river passing by some rapids called rock ebeen the roar of which we heard through the woods and shortly after in the thickest of the woods some empty loggers camp still new which were occupied the previous winter though we saw a few more afterwards i will make one account serve for all these were such houses as the lumberers of maine spend the winter in in the wilderness there were the camps and the hovels for the cattle hardly distinguishable except that the latter had no chimney these camps were about twenty feet long by fifteen wide built of logs hemlock cedar spruce or yellow birch one kind alone or all together with the bark on two or three large ones first one directly above another and notched together at the ends to the height of three or four feet then of smaller logs resting upon transverse ones at the end each of the last successively shorter than the other to form the roof the chimney was an oblong square hole in the middle three or four feet in diameter with a fence of logs as high as the ridge the interstices were filled with moss and the roof was shingled with long and handsome splints of cedar or spruce or pine rifted with a sledge and cleaver the fireplace the most important place of all was in shape and size like the chimney and directly under it defined by a log fence or fender on the ground and a heap of ashes a foot or two deep within with solid benches of split logs running round it here the fire usually melts the snow 
and dries the rain before it can descend to quench it the faded beds of arbor vitae leaves extended under the eaves on either hand there was the place for the water-pail pork-barrel and wash-basin and generally a dingy pack of cards left on a log usually a good deal of whittling was expended on the latch which was made of wood in the form of an iron one these houses are made comfortable by the huge fires which can be afforded night and day usually the scenery about them is drear and savage enough and the loggers camp is as completely in the woods as a fungus at the foot of a pine in a swamp no outlook but to the sky overhead no more clearing than is made by cutting down the trees of which it is built and those which are necessary for fuel if only it be well sheltered and convenient to his work and near a spring he wastes no thought on the prospect there are very proper forest houses the stems of the trees collected together and piled up around a man to keep out wind and rain made of living green logs hanging with moss and lichen and with the curls and fringes of the yellow birch bark and dripping with rosin fresh and moist and redolent of swampy odors with that sort of vigor and perennialness even about them that toadstools suggest the logger's fare consists of tea molasses flour pork sometimes beef and beans a great proportion of the beans raised in massachusetts find their market here on expeditions it is only hard bread and pork often raw slice upon slice with tea or water as the case may be end of part one section two recording by expatria in bangor maine